Welcome to the Employco HR Podcast. My name is Rob Wilson. With me is my brother, Scott, and partner. Hello. And Jason Eisenhut, our Vice President of HR. Hi, everyone. Nikki Navarro, work in the boards. So we'll, uh, we're will we going to have to get Nikki in for one of a guest appearance. And, uh, guest appearance some, on the podcast. Some, some HR marketing or something uh, on our next one. So uh, we're going to try and knock out a couple topics this uh, on this one. So one of the uh, a topic that's uh, that's been a, a big topic for not just for us, but for businesses in Illinois has always in the last 10 years has been non-compete agreements. And now uh, really taking it to the federal level, Jason, uh, President Biden, one of his many uh, executive orders that he's been pushing through, he just did an executive order to try and ban or curtail non-competes. Yeah. So just within the last few weeks, he sent this uh, executive order, which doesn't do anything by itself, but he's instructing or encouraging the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, to take a strong look to either curtail, like you said, or completely ban non-competes. It's going to be a while before anything's decided. The FTC even needs to decide if, if it's within their purview to make this kind of a change. Uh, but the way that the executive order was written, that unfair practices kind of could be within the wheelhouse of the Fair Federal Trade Commission to, to take a look at it. And they said that it didn't come as a big surprise that President Biden would do this because he's uh, been a, a pro-labor uh, advocate. And when he was a uh, vice president under President Obama, he uh, was already talking about the same thing, advocating for the elimination of, uh, of non-competes. And and it, with the, the basis of that, he's going to create more competition. Right. Yeah. So starting with the President Obama, even President Trump encouraged this a little bit is the non-poaching. So that's two businesses. That's, uh, I don't know, Employco and one of our competitors getting together saying, hey, don't poach from one of ours and we won't poach from you. And they enter into an agreement that for years now, dating back to Obama and, and including Trump has been outlawed and the FTC and the government is going hard after those. Now this non-compete just says, okay, we're not entering an agreement with another employer. Just we as the employer entering an agreement with an employee saying you shouldn't work for one of our, our competitors after you leave. So this is going to be the gray area where some states already have kind of banded or, or narrowed the scope, but this will be the first time, if it is enacted at the federal level, that there'd be a law. Right. So like in Illinois, uh, which has pretty strict uh, rulings on, on, on competes, a lot of companies, you're you're paying the your employee X amount of dollars, uh, call it a signing bonus to sign a non-compete. And in Illinois, it has to be pretty narrowly focused. Uh, yeah. You can't, you, you can't bar someone from staying in your industry. Right. But, but you can, you can say, and put some restrictions on the last thing you want, especially on the sales side. Poaching your clients. Right. Is, you know, uh, you know the, the person um, uh, quits and they go to a, a new competitor. They already know, you know everything about your company. If, yep. if they were if they were any good, they they know who your clients are. They may have a client list. Uh, and definitely on the sales side is where you, you run into the issue. Oh, for sure. On the sales side. I mean, that's where. Someone could come in, get your client list. The next thing I know, they're going after all your business. Yeah. So, so far, the non-solicitation agreements are still okay. So that's, yeah, like we're talking about, you can't poach one of our clients. You can go work for whoever you want, but just don't come after any of our clients. Those are still enforceable. You have to have some kind of consideration, typically in the form of a signing bonus. Maybe it's $500 or something like that. But um, so far, the non-solicitations are okay. Um, so even if this is enacted and passed, it's going to take lots of time because there's going to be a comment period and open for public comment. Even if it is enacted in a year or two years, employers still have the ability to do the non-solicitation, non-confidentiality agreement. And that's the part that really counts. I right. mean, that's what's going to save you from 
you know, why do you hire people then? Yeah, you know, right. unless, you know, they're that good of salespeople, why would you take a chance on someone? Yeah. Right. And teach them the tricks of your trade. Yeah, right. right. Exactly. So, and, and, you know, he did it as an act. Uh, there's been talk over the years of, of trying, at least on the Democrat side, of trying to push through uh, this in Congress. And they, in, uh, I believe in Congress, it, uh, they were calling it the Workforce Mobility Act but it has not gained any traction on really either side. So they uh, they don't have enough to get it passed. They can't throw it in a reconciliation as a budget item. So they need 60 votes to get it through the Senate. So it's, that's not going to happen. Right. So, so it's an Biden, order. Biden's got to do an executive order, which pretty much most of what he's done so far has been executive orders. Right. So any recommendations, Jason, as, as clients are, uh, you know, see – the non-solicitation, you go that route, do you just avoid non-competes? Yeah, or? I mean, first it depends on what state you're in. So some states may already have it it's, um, prohibited, but if you're in a state that allows it or at least narrowly focused, like here in Illinois, we know the Jimmy John's issue that came up with uh, their employers, employees couldn't go work for other restaurant or anywhere that make food within a so many mile radius. Um, but yeah, take a look at your job offer templates to make sure that if you do want a non-compete, you probably can still squeeze it in a little bit if it's at the right level, but keep an eye on that future goal of, of or potential target of it being eliminated. That part of it is kind of crazy. You know, you're working for Jimmy's John and uh, like they say in the commercial. <laughs> so they said you can't go across street work for McDonald's. Right, it? right. Wow. Yeah, and that failed. Yeah, right. You're right. That, yeah. It, was, it was an old rule. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so that was a case where I mean, you can't, there you're, you're not even restricting a sandwich shop. You're... You know, it's not like he's saying you or they were saying you couldn't go to Subway or Fontana's or whatever, whoever the sub shot is. Right. They were saying any type of fast food competitor right. and that. So that failed in court. Wow. Yeah. So thanks, Jason, for the uh, for the insight on that. So and that's uh, President Biden did that July 9th, I believe. So a couple of weeks ago, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm sure someone's going to challenge it as uh, right. as you go through. I would think yeah. Yeah, just a matter of time. So another another uh, recent event and topic for you guys is that uh, Top Top Golf they settled the biometric, the, you know the fingerprint fingerprint mm -hmm. time clock lawsuit uh, recently for some some pretty good sized dollars. Yeah, it was a two point six million for twenty six hundred employees. So yeah, the, the law firm gets a third of it, so it's not like the employees are getting a thousand dollars each, but they'll they'll end up with a little over six hundred dollars each, from what I understand. Sure. Uh, 2,600 employees that work for either, I think, the Naperville or Schaumburg locations. Wow. And that was a federal suit? Yes. Yeah. In in Chicago, but a federal suit, right? Right. Because in uh, in Illinois, there's been a series of class action suits on the on the biometric time clocks because the big issue on that, Jason, was that as you're a new hire and you're signing up, or even if you're not a new hire, you're existing. You're an existing employee, and a company moves to a new biometric time clock. You really need to have your employees sign a disclosure stating that they're aware that you're capturing certain information. Yep, and and they consent. So, uh, yeah. So it's it could be new employees or existing employees. Uh, so there's kind of a few facets the employers need to worry about in Illinois. If you're doing so, biometric, by the way, is fingerprint, retinal scan, facial scan, full hand print, something like that. But in Illinois, if you want to do something like that for your time clocks, you need to get the employee's consent in writing. You also provide them need to have a, a written policy of what you're going to be doing with the information, how long you're going to store it. So like two years, three years, how many years after they terminate, you have to then go destroy the record, even if it's not identifiable, if it's just encrypted some X's and O's or ones and zeros, 
you still need to destroy the record so many so much time after the employee leaves. So employers either get in trouble for not getting the employee's written consent or not destroying it after so much time. Wow. So that's even after they authorize yeah, it. Yeah, right. They wow. still get in trouble. Right? right. Yeah, so it's more than just authorization. So there's a lot more to it. And so who typically, Jason, uh, companies looking at uh, going biometric, who should be assisting with that? Is there any recourse against the time clock company, the software company? Or is it just, should they be advising the the client that's buying the biometric system? Yeah. <laughs> In our experience, usually the time clock vendors maybe could uh, do a little bit better job reminding or encouraging the clients, the employers uh, to get the consent. But the ultimate liability relies on the employer who's employing and paying the employees, even if it's the time clock vendor facilitating and providing the machinery, the employer themselves need to be aware of it and have the, the consent and policies. That's great. And, and, and I had heard that's the most frequent filed case down in the city of Chicago from a uh, lawsuit against company standpoint. Right, from a state within the state within of Illinois. Within the state of right. Illinois, yeah. And, it's that, that common. Yeah. yeah. And I heard Walmart uh, yeah, just thing. had a uh, class action suit filed against Walmart because in, in their case, they're using, it's a former employee who filed a class action suit alleging that the retailer, they violated the state law by requiring employees to use voice recognition software to track their work. Yeah, so oftentimes employers just think it's a fingerprint. It's not. It's any personal identifiable information. That's, again, it's a retina scan, the full body, the, or the face scan, fingerprint, uh, voice recognition, anything that's kind of unique to the employee from their person could be part of this BIPA. Yeah, we, uh, I, I've been using Clear uh, when I travel through the airport. I was traveling a year or two ago and signed up for free. And then of course, once they get you, it's automatically. Yeah. So I was with my family traveling a, a couple months ago and two of my kids didn't have it. So we uh, signed up for it and they had this, and there you're doing either your fingerprint or your eye. And one of my kids, as he, uh, as he did, he goes, what he had to scroll through screen after screen and then hit the, I agree and consent. Like you had time to even read it. You're in an airport, you're <laughs> trying to get next, through security. Next. Right. And he's like, what is that that I just <laughs> said I read and I agreed? And I said, that's your, that's your consent. You're mm -hmm. consenting them to use your, your, your eyes and, and fingers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We were cutting through, uh, was it, uh, LaGuardia. And I wish I would have had the clear thing because we've got TSA and the TSA line was wrapped, you know, 600 feet past the little Right. gate area wow all the clear people were getting through i was like oh i should have got it so. <laughs> not to ring the bell from a promotion yeah, standpoint promo. but uh but they uh it took my kids to sign up at the airport maybe four minutes wow wow yeah and they gave you because they're related they just changed me to family plan so it's pretty easy for them and it, it saved oh it's it, yeah time. we stood in line for another 20 minutes now the regular tsa line that had to be taking people like two hours. It wow. was that backed up. It was around, uh, was it 4th of July weekend or something? Yeah, and that's uh, something for a future future topic as well. Uh, when you think about how crowded the airports are, people are traveling again. And uh, and, and there's there's not enough people to, to work. So the flights are full. Uh, and you know, at O'Hare, they can't hire enough people. So you, not all the security lines are open. Right. Not all the restaurants are open. You know, there's definitely, you know, coming out of the COVID lockdowns, there's uh, there's just a uh, labor shortage. And actually, uh, Nikki was, uh, Nikki Navarro just came back from uh, a vacation. He was telling us the same same thing on the Carmel side, that you can't get 
can't get car rentals or Uber. Tough times. There you go. But uh, anything else, Jason, on Top Golf? Or we? Um, no. If you have any questions, we're happy to help. HR at or we're on all the social media websites. Uh, reach out and let's let's connect. I should have been practicing more in my golf game. <laughs> yeah, definitely would have helped. But but it's uh, always Monday. That's right. So uh, thanks for joining us for our podcast. We'll uh, we will be back next month with another one. So have a uh, have a great day, and thanks for joining our podcast. Thank you. Thank you.